That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Miller, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. Everyone breathe. There's another Manchester City Tottenham game slated to kick off our Premier League action this weekend as the two sides that met in one of the Champions League games of the decade on Wednesday face off Saturday at 7.30 a.m. Later that weekend, Manchester United will go to Everton Arsenal will host Crystal Palace, fresh off of their impressive two-leg performance over Napoli. Liverpool will go to relegation-struggling Cardiff. And Chelsea will host Burnley on this week's Monday Night Edition of the Premier League. I'm Alex, here with Javier to preview all the Premier League action. And I, I don't think we can... Hello, hello. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we really help it, Javier. We, we just have to give some reactions to the Champions League this uh, past week. We were obviously fresh off the quarterfinals, just wrapping up. Liverpool dispatched... Porto in their Champions League quarterfinal. Barcelona did the same to uh, Manchester United. Uh, there were some uh, scary moments early on in the game at the Camp Nou uh, for, for Barca that they managed to uh, keep out. Ajax produced the shock of the round, beating uh, one of the favorites, Juventus, uh, 2-1 at the Allianz Stadium. And in one of the games... I called it. I called it. <laughs> no, you didn't. You're not taking that. <laughs> uh, almost. Almost. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about Ajax I almost and uh, it. Juventus, what this means for Juventus, uh, probably closer to the end of the pod. Uh, and then the final tie of the round, Manchester City and Tottenham produced one of the games of my lifetime, I will say, as uh, Man City prevailed on the night 4-3, but conceded a uh, third away goal with 15 minutes to go and uh, had their own uh, go-ahead goal in the 90th minute or 93rd minute chalked off for offside from VAR. It's really hard to cut, to decide on words to, to describe it with because it was just the drama and the tension of what you were watching just kept building with each uh, phenomenal moment that would change the game. Obviously, you can talk about the what was it? Four goals in the, or five goals in the first 11 minutes. It was 3-2 Manchester City after they'd gone down 2-1 early on in like the first seven or eight minutes. And uh, then Kevin De Bruyne, Raheem Sterling, Sergio Aguero proceed to just put the team on their back, drag Manchester City back into the game. And Aguero uh, seemingly put Man City ahead for the night, 4-2, uh, uh, obviously 4-3 on aggregate with uh, Tottenham winning that first leg 1-0. Um, and it... <laughs> And all of a sudden, VAR comes into effect uh, for the first, like, really significant time uh, in this tie, but not the last, when Fernando Llorente scored, I think, with about 15 minutes to go off a uh, set piece. There's some suspicion of it hitting his arm. Uh, it was certainly not the cleanest and most beautiful goals, but Tottenham fans will take it. Uh, and, and then VAR popped up again right at the end uh, as Raheem Sterling uh, scored in the 93rd minute after, I think, I, I was wondering what made this offside? Because the clip shows Christian Eriksen trying to pass it back. It clips off Bernardo Silva and falls to Aguero. Just the act of it clipping off Bernardo Silva means that Aguero is offside. 
Like even I think so. Yeah, it's yeah, crazy. It's, uh, right? You see Bernardo Silva, but Bernardo Silva like flicks his leg. Yeah, he goes to try you and see block Bernardo it. Silva so make like a saying movement. it's like an intentional like block to direct right. the ball he, somewhere. He deflected the like the ball toward Aguero. But dude, just he did that on purpose. When, when that happened, because of all the drama that you're used to with a Champions League knockout round, you're not even thinking about VAR coming into effect. The goal happens, you're you're literally going crazy like oh, oh my god, I've just witnessed one of like one of the crazy you're already thinking I'm witnessing one of the craziest games of all time. This is amazing. And then they show the camera just pans to Pep with his hands on his head and the the board just saying VAR offside no goal and everything just flips. And I'll be surprised if there's a two-legged Champions League game in our lifetime that generates that much drama in a single night, all those goals. Don't, don't you think VAR is just going to generate more drama like that? Possibly, but there's no time like the first. <laughs> this is like the first significant time where VAR has been there hand in hand, like with us for all the dramatic shit going yeah, on. I can't wait for it next year. I think it's going to be great for the Premier League. Right. I think it's going to be great for football. So uh, the thing I'm actually wondering is, will we have as dramatic a moment as that? Because uh, fans will be more used to VAR in the future. So when a goal goes in, they all won't celebrate. They'll all just be like, all right, everyone wait for VAR. Don't you think? Yeah, I think that'll people, happen at some point. We'll start doing that just like just like with the offsides now where like the refs aren't supposed to put their flag until the you know the ball actually goes into the net or like a significant action happens so i think it's going to be a similar thing where like you just got to kind of wait just let it become a part of the fabric of the game yeah so what's most interesting about one of the most epic champions league games we, we you and i have ever seen is that we're about to get a rerun of this in the premier league saturday at 7 30 a.m here in the states 12 30 p.m over in England. It's anyone's guess what lineups these teams are going to trot out, but I, I think the general uh, assumption is that Manchester City, uh, with perhaps a, a little bit more depth than Tottenham right now, especially with all the injuries that Tottenham are suffering. Uh, of course, Harry Kane was out for that game. The fact that they did that without Harry Kane in their squad. I know you're a very big believer in the idea that they don't really miss Harry Kane because Son is just as good, if not better. But, I mean, still, to miss one of the most complete center forwards in the world and still go to Manchester City and score three times, it's like need, need to score three times and do it, that's that, that's impressive. I, I have to hand it to Tottenham. I, I was I was getting ready to just unload on my Spurs takes, my ah, lads, it's Tottenham, but they proved me wrong. But in this game, they won't have, obviously, Kane still. Uh, Musa Sissoko got injured during the uh, during the Manchester City Champions League game, so he'll yeah, probably miss. As weird as this is, as weird as it is saying this, he's going to be a big miss. I, I don't think it's that weird anymore. It was probably weird earlier in the season when he was like first starting a run of uh, good performances, especially against good teams. He's been trusted more and more by Pochettino as the season's gone on, but it, it, it's certainly not a new development for him to be given like Pochettino's trust in these big games. But yeah, it's no, it's no joke to say that they're going to miss him uh, on, on Saturday. Uh, then you start thinking, who else is going to play after everyone's just played this such such an intense match on, on, on Wednesday night? It's literally as close without playing in the Europa League that you can get uh, be- between two games. A Wednesday night Champions League game and a Saturday morning kickoff in the Premier League. Go fuck yourself, Premier League schedule makers. Like, come on. Put this on Easter Sunday this is a great this, this is a great Easter Sunday match. They've done this before where they've put like Chelsea and United on Easter Sunday and like a, about two years ago they did that. It, I don't know. I, it, that, that 
that kind of irks me. Like you're you're pretty much guaranteeing that this game isn't going to be anywhere near to as close of the uh, the quality that we just witnessed these two teams produce, and it's still a meaningful game in the Premier League for both of them. City are of course needing to. Uh, win all of their remaining games to keep that one-point uh, lead over Liverpool. And they'll, of course, play Man United uh, away in midweek after this. So they're going to have to rotate their squad and still get the win. And uh, Tottenham are still very much in the hunt for uh, top four, though it's starting to look like maybe Champions League could be an avenue for them. So we'll see. How do we think this game's going to go? Are there, are there any players that you think absolutely can't, like, miss out in this game despite playing on the on Wednesday. Yeah, I mean I think you can't you can't not have Son for Tottenham. I think without him they're not they're not going to have any chance in this game. And I think for Man City this is going to be a similar lineup. I think they just maybe switch out for Nandinho for Gundogan. Um, they probably still play De Bruyne. Maybe, oh, maybe he plays Bernardo's or um, Bernardo just ran his ass off for the whole game. I'm guessing Mares and Sane. No, definitely playing Raheem Sterling. Well, yeah, too. I mean Sterling could start. I'm just saying one of Mares or Sane will come in for Bernardo. Yeah, maybe maybe Sane. Maybe, maybe Sane. Yeah, he played start. the last twenty or thirty um, minutes on Wednesday. Looked good, but also Mares just started the first leg game against Tottenham, and he only played the last like eight minutes on th- on Wednesday, actually. Which is Sane, and he, he only came in that late. I thought it came in with like twenty minutes. He only played ten total minutes, I think, in the entire le- uh, both legs. He was brought on like the 89th minute. So and then yeah, in the I mean, 85th maybe minute. that means that he's saving him for this game, and he's just saying. Maybe. Sane, unleash thyself upon them. (laughs) I held you back for the first two legs, but go for it this time. We need you. I'm still favoring City. Uh, uh, Obviously, Tottenham technically lost that game on Wednesday, uh, but they got the better of them overall in the tie. So there's probably a little bit of a... uh, I'm guessing there's a huge amount of a revenge factor that City are going to try and inflict upon Tottenham. Not that the title is is enough of a uh, motivator for them. Uh, so I'm going to say three-one Manchester City. Uh, I'm guessing Jesus plays. I'm get. I'm thinking they should probably give De Bruyne a rest because he just had one. Even though he just had one of the best performances of his season, he's. Uh, I, I would be worried about losing him to another injury, especially with all of these must-win games coming. I don't know. I think he's fresh. He's back. I think. think I was. I was worried also with Koscielny playing playing three games in a week, but after seeing Koscielny do it, there's no way De Bruyne can't do it. You know. Like both of them have had similar type injuries where they were out, you know, six to nine months, and they're both back in the swing of things. And yeah, they're professionals. They don't have a lot of miles on them this season. I think it's like a little bit understated that not playing for that amount of time, like you don't have as much wear on tear on your body as all the people who've been playing the full the full season. You know? Yeah, well, as good as Raheem Sterling was the other day, I think. De Bruyne was the player that absolutely just made City just run and tick. Yeah, they're absolutely starting he, him in this game. I don't see, them, I don't see you not be able to start De Bruyne here. He's so good, man. He's so good. But, but I think, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a close game. Andrew has a 1-1 draw. Um, I have a 2-1 win. And you've got a 3-1 win, so you think it's probably going to be a little no, bit... No, no, I think it's going to be close, uh, but I think City will eventually win 3-1. Like it might be like two one going near to the last like ten minutes and you don't you don't think at all Tottenham are like in City's head at this point with with these last two no, games I, I, you don't I, think I like, don't think City think like that I, I think City know that they're at their best they're probably they know the, they're better they're well, just like ah Tottenham got City lucky. think that at their best they're capable of beating anyone in the world never mind the Premier League they've beaten Tottenham a million times before I'm sure they're just thinking all right let's just let's just put them back in their place like I'm pretty confident they're going to win this one. 
like they just won on Wednesday, technically. <laughs> so why not now? Um, okay, uh, let's move on to a couple of uh, Pick'em games going into Saturday and early Sunday. First off of the 10 a.m. games, Bournemouth will host Fulham. Andrew's got a 2-0 win for Bournemouth, and I've got a 2-2 draw. Javier, you've got 3-1 uh, Bournemouth. It's hard to call these games when everyone's at the beach, uh, but we'll see. Uh, Huddersfield and Watford. Andrew's got a 4-1 win for Watford. I've got a 3-1 win for Watford, and uh, so does Javier. West Ham will host Leicester also during the 10 a.m. Uh, slated games. Uh, we've all got fairly high-scoring affairs. Andrew's got a 2-2 draw. I've got a 3-2 win for Leicester, and Javier's got a 2-1 win for Leicester. One of the crazier games of the week uh, is Wolves host uh, close to relegated Brighton. Brighton are right back in the thick of things now after those two losses to uh, uh, Bournemouth and for uh, fellow relegation rivals Cardiff. Uh, but they will travel to Wolves uh, looking to get a, a win out of a difficult game. But compared to the rest of their schedule, they're probably thinking this is one of their better chances of getting points other than the Newcastle home game. So uh, I'm going to say 1-1 draw. Uh, Andrew's also got a 2-2 draw. Uh, both these teams, uh, Wolves, slightly less motivation going for seventh, but I'm sure they'll still want to uh, get their season back off on track after a couple of uh, losses in the league and in the FA Cup. Uh, so, uh, Javier, you've got a 2-0 win for Wolves. What, what, real quick, what makes you so confident that Wolves are going to just sort of get right back on track like right away? It's been like three games since they've won, I think. Yeah, it's not so much my confidence in Wolves, even though, I mean, I think they might have a, might have had a little bit of hangover for the FA Cup. They're probably going to be refocusing on the league now, but I also just think Brighton are trash. I've, like, lost my faith in Brighton, especially away from home. They've, they've been abysmal all year, so I think that they'll continue that trend, and they're going to be really looking for to that. Uh, I think they play Newcastle, right? I think that's the last, like, really winnable game they yeah, have yeah. this year. I mean, they obviously will think that they can get something from this game, but if they can even get a draw like you guys have, I think that'll be big for them. Okay, the last of the 10 a.m. games will be Newcastle hosting Southampton. Both teams within a sniff of the relegation zone, but realistically can both probably uh, sit pretty safely on the, the current points they have. Uh, Andrew's got a 2-1 win uh, for Newcastle at home. I've got a 1-1 draw, and Javier has a 1-0 away win for Southampton. So the last four games of the Premier League weekend are all involving the top six teams, Still, uh, st some still pushing for the title and some uh, going for those last two Champions League places. Let's start out first with the first game on Sunday, 8.30 a.m., Everton hosting Manchester United. Andrew's got a 2-1 win for United. You also have a 2-1 win, and I've got a 2-2 draw. I was asking you before we started the pod, can you name me the last impressive United performance? Because it sure as hell wasn't West Ham last weekend. I, I guess the Champions League, them winning like a month and a half ago, was their last like really impressive performance, the comeback against PSG. Uh, outside of that... Oh, dude, it might be as far, yeah, it might be as far back as when they played... Southampton at home and they won 3-2. Remember that crazy game? I mean they like they went behind in that game from a couple of like wonder goals from Southampton, but they Yeah, I don't know if that was like Yeah, yeah, they played they pretty well. To, like, right. They managed to like score and like end up winning that game themselves. And then before that they beat Crystal Palace uh, at the end of February and they beat them 3-1 away. That's those are the last two like somewhat convincing wins. You know, since then they've got 
loss at Arsenal. They beat PSG in the Champions League right after those two games. But we're talking about early March here. This is more than a month from uh, from right now, April, whatever, 18th. Yeah. Yeah, but they're still getting wins. It doesn't really matter if they're getting the points on the board. Well, they beat West Ham in their last Premier League game. But before that, yeah, I guess they lost at Wolves, beat Watford at home, lost at Arsenal. Their, their league form is... Is uh, it's it's their worst league form for a, a month long stretch since two thousand two. So that, that that that's counting the Jose Mourinho spell at the beginning of the season. This is they're they're on like an all time terrible run, is what I'm saying. I'm just not confident in them going to Everton, a team that's admittedly been inconsistent. We we, we feel betrayed by that two 0 loss away from at Fulham last week. Uh, Fulham, who are obviously already relegated, uh, but in their recent home games against like top six sides of kind of the same quality, Chelsea and Arsenal are two teams. They've beaten those teams. And I'm telling you, I think our two teams are better off in terms of their current form than Man United are at the minute. Man United have plenty of injuries to contend with. Their best player just isn't performing on a, on a week-to-week basis, Paul Pogba. And we've tried to come up with a, like a myriad of reasons as to why that is, but they all the same haven't been able to get him back on track other than penalties. So I, I, I just wonder like, what makes you so confident that they're going to go away to Everton and, and, and get a win? I'm not confident. I just think that them having uh, Martial back fit again, he's the one who, you know, he's been on decent form. And uh, yeah, I, just, I think him, uh, Rashford is back. You know, he, he's been he's gotten a little bit of rest in the last couple of games and he hasn't had to, I guess, strain as much. And Lingard's back. So I think that those three playing together, you know, I've been touting those three as as the front line that needs to play. And I think that, you know, those those guys being back, Alexis is also back in the squad. So I think a few of those players coming back from injury will help them. And. Yeah, I don't know. I think that 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 they they had a little bit of a funk, like you said. But I think now that they just just have to focus on the league, that they're gonna you know put in that extra effort to at least give themselves a, a shot at making top four here. And I think in order to make have any chance at all, they have to get a win. Yeah, they they really do. They 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 face Everton because this weekend, but then it's very likely Wednesday. that you know Arsenal and our Arsenal and Chelsea have home games. So yes, I mean. Well, I mean, uh, more importantly for United, Most likely this are, next we're week, getting Javier, the, this next week, they face, uh, obviously, Everton away on Sunday, Manchester City at home on Wednesday, and then they'll host Chelsea next Sunday. So Yeah, it's a tough, it's, tough um, week. It's we a were looking at this, week this week a few months ago. Yeah, it's a make or break week. We were week. looking at this week a few months ago being like, this is going to be their hell week. So this is this, just the start of it. They're, they're, <laughs> they're going to be looking ahead to that Manchester City game. They're going to lose concentration and, and they're going to mess this one up. It's, I think it's going to be like a really open end-to-end game, actually. I think it's going to be probably one of the games of the weekend. Uh, one more time, Andrew and Javier both have a 2-1 win predicted for Manchester United. And uh, I've got a 2-2 draw. But you're not forgetting about our Lord and Savior, Lionel God Messi, who, what he did to United. We need, we should probably mention that too, shouldn't we, Alex? Just how he just like took Smalling, imposed his will upon him, left De Gea in the dust, crying his soul out on the ground. Just, Lionel came to Old Trafford and, and conquered. Well, he had the assist. Then he went back yeah. to Camp Nou. Yeah, and then he just, he just destroyed them afterwards. So... Well, at the camp, new everyone expected that, but United had their moments. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing you can the, do about it. Stegen was forced and, into a couple of pretty, uh, 
pretty great saves. Yeah, he made early he made, on. He made a really good save early on um, on Rashford. Dude, then, okay, right in like the, the, the first ten. The mistake minutes. they made is just like a half chance for Lionel Messi, like the one at the top of the box that he curled in with his left foot to make it one nil. That's a great chance for him, <laughs> you know. Like you have to think this way. It's like playing the Golden State Warriors, where anyone who's like half open for Golden State is like wide open in basketball compared to other basketball players. Golden State just have that ability. They just have too many talented players. It opens up opportunities for the rest of their All Star cast, and Barcelona is much the same. You follow that up with the, the the repeat of the terrible mess up from David De Gea that he he had a similar one I think against Porto He's had a no few against Portugal this, in the this World year. Cup remember remember Ronaldo yeah, shot I, right at him World and it just Cup. hit him and went into the goal behind him. The same thing yeah, happened against Messi. Since that World Cup, he's just he just looks like, doesn't look the same player. Really doesn't. At times, he still pulls out his Dave the save. Obviously, he still has like that reflex in him. But like confidence wise, it looks like I don't know. It just looks like it's it's been shot a little bit. I think he needs a, a run of clean sheets and and some real defenders in front of him to to get his confidence back. And I think right now, just you know, the way he's fell from grace from the Spanish national team, and now you know how it's been going at United lately. You know, you got to think that either he, he's going to look for a career change or, you know, or, or ask a for a change? change of back line. <laughs> he's going to stop being a goalkeeper? Is that what you're saying? It's like, you know no, what? No, I, I just mean he's going to try and I go, go to, to welding school. I'm going to be a welder. I'm, I'm done with this soccer business. <laughs> All I'll say is that one half positive I think United fans and United themselves can take out of this is – uh, they, they obviously want to be in the Champions League every year. They want to be at this stage of the Champions League every year, competing against teams like Barcelona. They now have a concrete idea of what the gap is like between them and where they want to be. So, I mean, at least it's something to shoot for. You know, the, the, that's the that's the thing you have to take away uh, from Champions League whenever you do face one of these like top powerhouse sides in, in Europe, and you and inevitably end up getting beaten pretty soundly. You just have to take it and say, all right, well, we've got to work to try and get to that level. And, you know, players can tell how far off they are and, like, I guess how what they need to do to, like, get to that level. So uh, hopefully it's a sign for players like Pogba, like Lukaku, like Dalot, who's still a very young player and kind of inexperienced in these kind of situations. It's a sign for them where they need to get to. So uh, we'll move on to the next game in the Premier League. On Sunday, Arsenal will host Crystal Palace Sunday at 11 a.m. It's going on at the same time as the Cardiff City-Liverpool game, so it will not be on TV. Sorry, Javier. Andrew's got a 2-0 win for Arsenal. I've got a 3-1 win for Arsenal. And Javier, you've got 3-0 Arsenal. Now, I don't think any of us are that concerned about you guys dropping points in this one. You guys do have the third best home record in the league this season. And uh, especially like defensively, you've been really good at home of late. Let's talk about the Napoli results because... uh, you and I have we, we we talked that up to each other, I guess, probably not on the pod that much. We talked up that game about how excited we were for it uh, for a, a good few weeks before it kicked off. And I was saying how I thought Napoli were going to end up beating you guys because they had the second leg at home. Instead, you guys win 2-0 at home uh, last week in, uh, against them. Uh, they miss a couple of uh, good chances of getting that away goal. And then you come back uh, today in Naples, win 1-0. Nice professional performance, probably one of the more convincing performances away uh, for Arsenal this season against a good uh, opponent. 
So, uh, what's the confidence level right now? I'm guessing you're you're, you're flying high again. The uh, Everton games behind you. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy. We we've got we've had six clean sheets in our last seven games, versus pretty good opposition. Um, Bren, Newcastle, Watford, United, and Napoli twice. So we've only conceded one goal, and that was to Everton um, against Phil Jagielka. And I mean, it, it, I, I think it's it's a large improvement to where we were a month and a half ago, where we didn't seem like we could buy a clean sheet. So I'm absolutely happy that that that's we've seemed to be able to buck that friend. It's not like in these games we haven't been looked like we can. Almost all those games, there's been multiple times where we've looked like we could concede, but we haven't. A lot of last dish tackles, big saves from Leno and Czech, and yeah, I mean it's 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 been like a much better collaborative team effort in defending, right? It 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 used to just be like. You know, just our back line. I think now, you know, the whole team defends. You know, you, you see our, our forwards pressing throughout the game. You see the midfielders staying organized and not really getting out of position much. And yeah, that's that's the type of stuff that I didn't really see under Wenger. Like being able to stay in a shape and get behind the ball and defend leads and, you know, not choke in those situations. It's 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 really refreshing. So. I like seeing that, and, and uh, yeah, definitely confident going into this this last stretch of the season. So, do you see a long term future playing this three slash five at the back? Do you think that's going to be Emery's formation, just like for his time at Arsenal? No, I mean, I'm really happy that we that he continued that work under Wenger because we obviously worked on the three four three like all of last year, and it was what two years ago when uh, Conte was you know destroying the league with it. You know, we were playing really badly, and we, we had to try something. And Wenger tried the three four three, and I, I, I don't, I don't, that was when we had that really bad run of away form where we like couldn't keep a clean sheet. We were we lost like three 0 to Palace, like it, it was really really bad. And then we switched to the three four three, and we were able to get a few clean sheets and kind of like compose ourselves. So I'm glad that Emery's continued that work, and we were definitely a lot better in, in this system, like with five at the back under Emery. You know, because we can still play, we can still switch to like the offensive flowing football that Wenger wanted, but we actually now know when to, you know, defend and when to attack and when to sit behind the ball. And, you know, we're not as uh, reliant on having the ball as we used to be. Like we used to have, you know, 60, 62% possession, whatever, we would lose games. Now we can cede possession to other teams. And still score goals, still get chances, and I don't know. I I, I like it. I I like that we can adapt, and we don't always play that 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 formation though. There's been a, times this season where we've played you know uh, four at the back, and we've played you know four two three one, or we've played with two strikers up top, which I like. I prefer uh, you know Aubameyang and Lacazette. And then yeah, there, there's just there's been a lot of rotation this year, which which and it's worked so far. So I, I again, it's it's. It's a breath of fresh air under Emery. Um, I'm I'm sad it didn't happen sooner. Definitely stuck with Wenger a few years too long, but oh, you I think? think this year we're finally going to see the uh, the fruits of it. It was it, it, it only it looks launched like are, an least. entire YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah. Wenger staying too long is pretty much responsible for Arsenal fan TV's like success. Like they can just thank him for that and thank uh, Stan Kroenke for keeping him in the job for that long. Um, all right. Well, uh, there's another game going on Sunday. Uh, real quick, though, the Arsenal-Crystal Palace game. One more time, 
I've got a two nil Arsenal, or no, I've got three one Arsenal. Andrew's got two nil Arsenal, and Javier has three nil Arsenal. Do you need to give any thoughts on this one, or you're just kind of uh, assuming it's similar to uh, your home games of late? Yeah, I mean, we've just been trouncing teams at home much better than Crystal Palace. Palace are pretty I safe for now. Don't you know. really, yeah, I don't really expect them to put up much of a fight. I, I, they're safe, like you said, so I, I kind of expect them to maybe test a few players out in this game. And I think they have a few, they have a pretty difficult end of the se- season. Maybe so. secret agent Mishi can come in and do us a favor, Javier. Maybe that's yeah, his maybe, motivation. Maybe, He'll say to maybe, the rest maybe of the guys. Like Zaha dives or something and gets a penalty like Ruben, he always does. But we are at the Ruben will so give them a call. He probably won't get it Ruben will call them up and go, lads, I, I, we, we need you to beat Arsenal this weekend. Or get a draw at least. 1-1. Come on, guys! It's not going to happen. I'm uh, I'm not going to kid myself. Whatever goalie they play, like he's trash, and he's going to concede like three or four goals. Guaita, so. the Spanish goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah Guaita or Hennessy. No, Guaita is their starter now. He's he's okay. Um, but the other Sunday game is Cardiff hosting Liverpool. Both you and Andrew have, I'm I'm guessing, comfortable wins for Liverpool. Very comfortable. Yeah, you've yeah, got, you've got like three nil Liverpool away from home. Andrew's got two nil. I'm I'm going two one. And here's 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 why. Liverpool's last couple of away games against like testy opposition, it's not been an open and shut case. Like, and not even when I say testy, I mean like bottom of the league opposition. The last two games they played away were Fulham, or no, sorry, Southampton, uh, where they won three one, but it was a very much a huge test for them for the most for the majority of that match. And then before that. They had the Fulham match, which took a 78th minute penalty for them to win 2-1. So Cardiff are like the latest of these teams that are still absolutely desperate to get points on the board. And obviously they have other games that they can take advantage of and and likely uh, get three points out of those. But I think Cardiff are going to actually be looking at this game as... Uh, let's try and make this as ugly as possible. Let's hope Liverpool aren't sharp from having just played Porto in uh, midweek. And let's try and get them on a set piece, something, and just see. Maybe there's a maybe there's a red card. I don't know. I, I just think Cardiff think they have a, a better chance in this than uh, most people do, and it's like I think it's a slight potential to make it like a difficult game for them at least for Liverpool. Yeah, for as much as like Cardiff might have some confidence, considering they've been good at home and been able to play most teams, you know, decently at home. I think Liverpool like destroyed them at Anfield, um, and. Their form right now is as such that I don't think that Cardiff have any chance of, of putting up a fight here. Salah's back, you know, scoring goals again. Mane hasn't left. Mane's still scoring. <laughs> Van so. Dijk is on a pretty nice run right now. Van Dijk's on a nice run. Firmino, uh, if you look in his last four or five games, I think he has a goal and assist in the Premier League in the last five games. So it's it's all clicking for them right now. You know, Even if they haven't been winning prettily on the road recently. Prettily. I think this is one game where prettily, I don't know, I made up that word. But I think it, I think that they're going to they're going to do it prettily this time. So, it's the Chelsea game and the Man City game like that Man, that Cardiff have played recently that make me think that it's not like a 3-0 or more trouncing by Liverpool. I, I guess that's just all I'm trying to say. I don't think Liverpool absolutely run away with this one. I think it's it's settled probably somewhere around like the 60th or like 70th minute, something like that. Because obviously we, we, yeah, we talked like about the, the, first we talked about the Chelsea the home game where Cardiff went ahead and then were unlucky not to win from bad refereeing. Uh, and then right after that, they went to Manchester City and they did lose 2-0. 
a lot of us were thinking that they were going to be absolutely crushed and get walked over by Manchester City in that one, but they still managed to keep it somewhat respectable. It's uh, I'm just saying, it's going to be a hard one to predict. I, I kind of like Andrews 2-0, uh, just a professional performance, get it done. I, I just think it's going to be a slightly a little bit closer than that and say 2-1 Liverpool. And uh, Javier, you've got 3-0 Liverpool. Uh, so the last of the weekend's games will be actually on Monday at 3 p.m. Chelsea will host Burnley, 8 p.m. in England, a night game at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea's last four games are home Burnley at Manchester United, home Watford at Leicester City. You know, Obviously, the Man United game stands out. I'm going to say it right now. I think we get three wins and one draw out of these uh, last four games. I don't know which. Wow, you think three wins and one yeah, draw? I think I think we have. Abs- well, then that means Arsenal are winning every game from now to the end <laughs> of the season, one hundred percent in the league. If you're getting three wins and one draw from those games, there's no way we're dropping points to Wolves, Leicester, Brighton, and Palace, right, Alex? Well, we're not talking about is Arsenal that, is right that now. that logic sound? We're not talking about yeah. Arsenal right now, Javier. We're actually well, I'm talking using about your logic. Chelsea. Well, I'm using Chelsea delusion logic right now because, like, that's Chelsea Well, here's the thing. Right there. I'm, I, I'm, I'm partially confident now that Maurizio Sarri has seen the light. If starting them uh, away at Anfield doesn't tell you that he's ready to admit that this is his best first team, uh, he's, he's going to have to start Callum Hudson-Odoi at, at right wing and Ruben Loftus-Cheek at the most advanced midfield position in this home game against Burnley. Because uh, the fact is we're going to be on the ball a whole lot and Burnley aren't going to be uh, doing anything outside of set pieces and long balls in the counterattack. They're going to be hemmed in, pegged in, trying to keep us from running the score up. Uh, I, I, it's not it's not outside of the realm of imagination to say that Burnley could get something out of this game. Uh, I think they're actually pretty much safe as well. They're in the same situation as uh, Southampton and uh, and uh, Crystal Palace and, and Newcastle. All those teams, like not quite at forty points, but still safe enough to stay away from Cardiff probably. Uh, so. I'm going to say 2-0 Chelsea, uh, all the big guns back. I hope Olivier Giroud starts, even though he did start uh, tonight in the uh, Europa League match against Slavia Prague that Chelsea won 4-3. So, I mean, he he seems like our best option. Higuain just seems like a immobile version of Giroud, and that's saying something. Yeah, but sorry, loves fat. (laughs) He loves him. Uh, Higua Fat is Javier's pet name for uh, Gonzalo Higuain. Um, I, I, it's your pet I, name too. I, I, I don't correct him, him on it. Fat. Even the commentators call him. The man doesn't fat move. He he walks <laughs> so for the lazy. majority of the game, and even when the ball is being like advanced into a position where he should be making a run, he usually jogs at most. Like there are very few times. You could probably count on two hands, maybe even one, the number of times he breaks out into a full sprint during a game. It's it's very low. Look, all he at least yeah, him, okay. at least works his ass off and he tries to set up his teammates. He, he's he, he's a good squad player in that role. It's not going to get you a ton of goals outside of the Europa League, obviously, where he has like ten goals this year. Uh, but you know, he's going to set up Eden Hazard. He's going to be on at the end of dangerous Callum Hudson Odoi crosses. Hey, I take offense to that. He probably would have like ten to twelve league goals if he'd started every game for you this probably. season. Probably, but. If you start every game for us and only have 10 to 12 league goals, that's, did that that's for not us, that good. He, I think Murata his best year he that. got 16. But. Murata did that last year. He had like 12 league goals last year. So, uh, yeah, you know, I'm expecting a open and shut case. Uh, Andrew's got a 1-0 win for Chelsea. And Javier, you've got 3-1. Is that a close 3-1 or like them getting a consolation goal right at the end? 
No, I kind of think of them like the same as a, now I think of Palace as, you know, they got their big win last week that they needed. You know, I think that that's going to put them at maybe vacation mode close to it. You know, they're, they're, they might think, OK, we'll defend. We're going to batch it down the hatches. But you guys have been really good at home um, of late. So I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say three one Chelsea. Yeah, I think it's going to be pretty easy. OK, uh, we both have three one wins for each other's teams at home. Yeah. See, not it's all love here on the Ghost Call podcast until Chelsea and Arsenal inevitably meet in the uh, Europa League final, in which case I don't know how we're going to preview that one. <laughs> There's going to be so much spite if that happens. <laughs> so real quick before we go, I, I do just want to mention real quick, uh, Juventus. Hey, uh, most likely we'll be in top four and you won't in that All situation. Right. So it's well, going to we'll be wait till we states, get to that know? point, Javier, till we know for sure. Until yeah, then, most likely, we are currently tied on points likely. and you're like a couple of goals ahead of us in goal difference. So, oh, we have a game in you hand. You have a game Alex. in hand, but you'll probably draw that one. Yeah. Against Brighton at home. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. okay. So you'll draw another game. You'll draw like Wolves away or Leicester away or something like that, you know. But let's talk about the, the last Champions League game real quick. Juventus, my pick to win the Champions League this year, my preseason pick, my pick throughout the group, my pick going into the knockout rounds. I thought Cristiano Ronaldo's transfer to Juventus would give them the proven Champions League pedigree to uh, score in pretty much every round and get them through. I feel like Ronaldo kind of kept up his end of the deal and the rest of the team failed him. Is that unfair? Do you think Ronaldo needs to bear like a, as much of the blame as the rest of them? He did score their last five goals in the competition. Yeah, no, I th- Dybala was absolutely atrocious. Yes. Um, their back line was... There was no Chiellini for either of the two much, games, which turned out yeah, to be huge. it was pretty much non-existent. And they have a bunch of injury problems. I think not having Pjanic was pretty big. I just don't uh, think Juventus can complain about that when... When Ajax were missing both of like Fico, both of yeah. their and best the, wing, the wing backs, backs for the right. no, they whole can't. second they can't. leg, I mean, I agree with you. The team failed them, but I also think Ajax are just there. There's something else, man. Not, I think I just didn't think. I just don't think that they faced anything like that in Serie A this season. Obviously, right. Napoli. No one has like the balls to go after them the in Serie A. The only teams that do usually end up causing them problems, like Parma. <laughs> Sorry, no one's I watched. I think it just game. caught them off guard. I think they thought, "Oh, we're, you know, we're at home." How can you be caught off guard after they beat Real four-one or whatever it was? Like, yeah, you can't. That's be. what I. That's what I mean. I, they were. They were scared. Thought, they said yeah. that they were probably scared. Yeah, of they Ajax. said, "Dude, that was crazy." That and it played into their hands. That De Young you know? said that beating Juventus in Turin was easier than going to the Bernabeu and, and winning. <laughs> that's that's really crazy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's a super impressive performance by Ajax. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll preview their semifinal with Tottenham uh, probably in a week or two, right before those uh, semifinals kick off. And of course, we'll have a very tasty Liverpool-Barcelona semifinal to preview. Uh, I'm excited. I, I cannot wait for those. Um, but Hey, Alex, remember I changed my pick to uh, Ajax? No, no, I don't remember that. I remember pressing you and saying, do it, Javier, do it. And I remember, no, I remember no, no, no. calling I definitely said you a it. pussy I said it. on the podcast and then you still not following through. Just oh, don't on. tell I me I didn't. I basically said it. I said they're most very likely going to win. Okay. You should probably put okay, money so on it. Okay, so me saying that you should put a bet on Ajax at the very end of that podcast, does that mean that I, I picked them right. too? No, it doesn't. It means that I'm I'm, I'm better no, at gambling. I mean, come on, well, you can flip God with me, I'm Alex. I'm not going to flip on. God. I had you're, Juventus. You're, you're I, thought, I thought they'd come through, but... I, Oh, wait, who are you going to flip God now uh, for your Champions League pick? You had Juventus. Well, uh, you'll find out next you time on Dragon your, uh, Ball Z. 
No, 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 no. You got to give it to us now, Alex. Who's what's your what's your champions? No, you pick? can wait for the preview, like the rest your, of them. Your favorites are out. You can out. wait for the preview, like the rest. Wow. of Wow. Um, it's it's Jeez. it's going to be a doozy. You're, not, you're gonna you're gonna leave them hanging be, like yeah, that. Alex? Have to. Come on, man. You know? All right. Well, uh, thank you, Javier, for joining us this week. Uh, I guess I should have mentioned at the beginning, if you haven't figured it out by now, then you may want to consult a, a doctor. But uh, Andrew could not be on uh, this week. He's not uh, feeling well for the preview. But thank you, Javier, uh, once again. Uh, enjoy the football uh, this weekend, everyone. We all we all had to pull it once this week. Pull what? The uh, we're not feeling well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I just fell asleep for the... Uh, Right. You fell asleep. One. I had a headache, and Andrew wasn't feeling well. It's okay. The show we must go on, and it did. We we, right. we pulled through. Uh, enjoy the football this weekend, everyone. Follow us on social media at Andrew Pissarro, at ASMOS92 for myself, at JavierRev9. Uh, you can find us or Andrew and I on Twitter and Javier on Instagram at those handles. Of course, go follow at Ghost Cold Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, go rate, follow, subscribe, review Ghost Call Pod on iTunes. Uh, your ratings and reviews help boost our exposure and uh, new listeners can find the pod that way. Uh, so until next time, see you.